comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. Whew, God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. everybody and welcome to episode 15 of the shield tv podcast this is russ and joined with me again this week is mr ken morgan so am, am i off the bench am i no longer like the uh uh returning guest star or uh like am i back in the team yet i think so yeah i think we're both i think for the for maybe for the slightly foreseeable future i think we're going to be the a team excellent Yes. I was in the middle of a sip of coffee, otherwise I would have had a great Peter Griffin A-Team Family Guy comment to go <laughs> there, but ah, I'm good. Yeah. So we're a little late this week. Um, I had John and I were all set to record this episode last week on Wednesday, and I had a huge internet technical snafu, uh, and then I think uh, John had a child meltdown, which, you know, happens. Uh, so we pushed, um, but that's okay, because it's Ken and I, and... I'm actually kind of glad because we we wouldn't have recorded an episode on the off week. Um, and so luckily you and I were able to just have finished watching the Marvel special that they t- put in place of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the building of a universe or assembling a universe yeah. or whatever they called it. And it's funny because it was an hour long. It didn't really tell us anything new. It was, I think, a lot of like rehashed interviews and stuff, but it was still... I I just I found myself with a big smile on my face watching it because it was just really cool to see them go back in time and to weave the pieces together and do the interviews and have you know Kevin Feige and all of the producers and the writers and the directors and the actors uh, speak to each movie. So it was it was really just kind of like a like a nostalgic walk through the park listening to everybody talk about it. Yeah, it re- it really was the the thing about that the the first public appearance of this concept was eight years ago at comic-con in 2006 when kevin feige is up on stage talking about what they were hoping to do and the criticism they got for pulling out the d-list because the big hitters were were taken by fox and by sony between spider-man and x-men fantastic four so it was like you know we'll bring out the second string and you know talk about iron man and some others it's like talking about it was a risk it really was a risk and to hear john favreau Huge. talk about uh, yeah, talk about this. Um, they stood up this movie studio just for this purpose, and it really, in many ways, was like making an independent film. You know, a big one to be sure, but it, it was it was, and for all intents and purposes, a an independent film, uh, Iron Man, and what that has become. Here we are, eight years later from that first appearance in, in Comic Con, uh, and, and what they've been able to do. And I, I made the statement on my Facebook while I was airing, and we'll talk more about this because I think we were going to talk about the, the special first or after. But anyway, I, I made the controversial statement of I'm, I'm more convinced than ever that DC doesn't have the vision uh, or ability 
to to do what Marvel did. Uh, not to say it's not worthy trying. Not to say I'm not looking forward to a Justice League movie per se. Um, but the whole reason this Marvel Cinematic Universe worked as well as it did is because they took the time to build these characters individually uh, in their own movies and and then bring them together and, and now push them back out to their own worlds uh, is what makes it so unique and so special. And uh, it's been a great ride. Like I said, nothing new, really new, nothing that we haven't talked about on podcast after podcast over the years, but it was good to hear it kind of all condensed and tied together together. Uh, uh, from the people who made the movies. Yeah, I I guess it's, if we talked about a couple specific things from Avengers Age of Ultron, I don't, would, would you consider that spoiler? or uh, Maybe. We, we... It's so far out at this point. Well, so far, a year, technically, I guess, because that's when it's supposed, to, it's supposed to come out. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that now or you want to talk about it at the end or... Yeah, um... You know what? We're here to talk about uh, Marvel's Agent of Shield, uh, episode fifteen. Uh, so, so why don't why don't we do that first? Let's talk about the show. Um, there's our there's our tease. We'll talk about the special and the Marvel uh, MCU in general at the end of this uh, episode. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. I got a little bit of news too, so we'll, we'll yeah, right. that, yeah, that's we'll rock on plan. Uh, so episode fifteen, yes, men. Uh, so we see. This is kind of another one where it, it picks up right where the previous episode left off. So it's kind of like two in a row uh, that we've seen, yeah. uh, which which kind of makes it fit with the mode they're going with. Because they're calling this Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they're giving it this uprising tag, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, I guess give it a unified storyline to kind of maybe ramp up the interest a little bit. Um, but for these episodes that fit with that, we're getting this, you know, we're we're starting right where we left off last time. Not that we've seen where there's been a huge gap in time between episode to episode, but just the fact that you know this picks up right where, like I said, right where we left off with Lorelai and and her picking up, you know, d- ditching the newlywed guy for for the bikers was was really really cool. Yeah, the uprising tag has been uh, the last two episodes. Um, before that, they used the uh, not in the title card, but the hashtag. You know, it's all connected. Uh, right. Trying to bring everything together, but uh, more and more, I'm definitely believing that that they're tying this in, or at least the the atmosphere surrounding the episode, what's going on with what's going to be going on in uh, in Winter Soldier. Also, we're getting the seeds, and we definitely got at the end of this episode what I've been looking for. Or I've been expecting to see, which is that internal conflict to come back into this team uh, to yeah. challenge it from the inside, and we'll talk about that as we get to the end. Yeah. Again, we got little bits of humor, I think, in this one, too. Uh, It it was funny seeing Skye try and do the Simmons accent and then Simmons making fun of her doing the accent. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Again, I think we'll get to this when we get a little bit of feedback, but I I don't know how you feel about it. We talked a little bit about it last week, but I really feel like Skye is becoming more of an interesting character. I think they're using her appropriately. I think in the beginning it was maybe just a little too much and and too much of her and a little too Whedon-y as a character. And I think they're dialing her back. They're using her in the right in the right instances. Um, and that little exchange between the two of them I thought was, was pretty funny. Yeah, I've, I've said a couple times now uh, that her character is getting consistent now. I mean, she was very, to me, inconsistent early on, and I think I've said this every single episode I've been on now with you guys, that um, 
you know, her motivations weren't clear. Now she's got a focus. Now she's driven. Now she definitely has a path forward, and she's being very more consistent internally to her to her character and to her actions. They make sense now, and that is in turn making her more interesting to me. I believe that anybody at this point who doesn't like her, I'm not saying she has to be your favorite. And you have to turn around and say, "Oh my gosh, Sky is amazing." But anybody who's not interested in her character now is doing so as much because they for some reason or don't don't want to be seen as backtracking or backpedaling or because, well, I've hated her before and I have to keep hating her. Uh, I think she's grown a lot. And I think she's a, an integral part of this team. Uh, I think a lot of people may still be disappointed that the show isn't what they thought it should be, but I think the show was, that we got is very good. And certainly no one can complain about not getting Marvel in their Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. Uh, my one complaint right. about Sky this time around was, honestly... She looked great as always, but she's but as soon as Ward came in, she got to, got to be the little giggly schoolgirl. Oh my gosh, I look terrible! Oh my, okay, won't give me your mirrors. Like no, yeah, that was yeah. yeah. It's like your crush came in. Now you don't want to be seen. No, it doesn't. Sorry. Yeah, it, it was kind of funny though when when her and Ward had that exchange, and she made made mention that she saw Peterson and what was going on with him, and then Ward. Okay, I loved I loved how they didn't spend a lot of time on that. It's like Sky's awake and off camera. She's already told them about Mike Peterson. We don't have to spend any time on that. Uh, it was a great way yeah. of handling that. But I thought Ward's response was a little cliched. It was it was again kind of more of the two heroes meet and must fight thing. You know he yeah. he wasn't he you know, all he saw no, all he saw was that he didn't help Sky. He um or all he was told. You would right. think by now they would have figured out that oh he's being controlled. They they're using his son as the uh, leverage. Uh, they're they're using his son as leverage. He's got the eyepiece probably. They're, they 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 didn't even assume any of that. So yeah, that that's why you know I, I put in my notes that it was a little cliched that you know exactly like you said. Given what they've been through and what they've seen, for them to automatically assume that he's got this evil agenda, I thought was just a little weak on the writing side. For sure. It was interesting also that they, they keep making a point of there is no trace of the drug that they used on her and what they used on, you know, Colson, because that's all been the big thing is there's no there's no trace of the drug, which, again, we talked a little bit about this last week, about that facility being destroyed, that creature being destroyed, the samples being destroyed and the fact that there's no trace of it in in their bodies, in their bloodstream. I think is a good thing because it could easily become a crutch for the show that anytime anybody's in any kind of peril, it's like, oh, take a blood sample and make a serum, and now everybody's great. Yeah, I, I made the comparison last time, like you know, to another show that you know, once they use it, it's gone. Uh, I mean, we'll find out more about it again. Um, I think when we get to the end and we talk talk spoilers, I definitely want to bring up a th- couple theories that uh, one of our co-hosts uh, on the network, Jordan from Jersey, brought up that I yes. completely missed. But I, um, I think it's going to be now the source for. Well, it's not. I think it's clearly going to be the source for some conflict uh, internally to the team and the team and you know, and Shield for the rest of the season. Uh, and we'll probably wrap up the season with some kind of cliffhanger related to certainly the clairvoyant wrapped up in there, but related to the uh, to the GH three two five. Right. No, I agree. It was, we find out that Colson, I guess, is kind of taking a little bit of personal time to deal with some stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the hunt for fury. He's making yeah. for a, for a quiet guy. He's making a lot of noise. Uh, and when we got to see Agent Sitwell again. Yes, yes. So that's one of the things they've been doing in the past few episodes. 
that Coulson has been desperately trying to get a hold of Fury and keeps calling, trying to leave messages, trying to get a hold of him. And, you know, they make a point of saying he's off the grid. And when uh, when Coulson meets with Sitwell, which which is cool, I always like those two guys together. I think they make a uh, I think they make a pretty good pretty good pairing. Yeah. Uh, that we've seen. And just the two of them in in their own cars facing each other. And then uh, Sitwell asks, how was Tahiti? And I it love sucked. that Colson just said, it sucked. And then <laughs> it drove off. Yeah, but no, um, it, it's good. I mean, it's it's for, for either because it's come to light uh, fully or he's just been processing so much, he's, he's broken the programming. Yes. The last time he even came close to saying it's a magical place was with, uh, uh, was with, uh, with May. And yeah. uh, she basically stepped over the line, so we didn't finish it. But, you know, it's, it's good to see we're getting we're getting past that a little bit. Uh, more, more because it shows he's, he's progressing, he's getting through it, uh, through the, through the, for lack of a better word, the programming, uh, yes. if you will, the, uh, but he's desperately seeking these answers and he's, he's not involving the team. He's not, he doesn't want to do that. I think his motivations are, are, are pure in that he doesn't want to yes. put them at risk. He, he, he wants to honor the, the soldiers, agents, guards at the facility who died to protect this. Because I'm sure he doesn't feel he did that for any wants of uh, he didn't want to do that certainly, and we, he saw that he wanted to peacefully negotiate it first, but uh, bigger things to deal with. He, and uh, but they died protecting this, and he wants to find out why before he puts anybody else in danger and finds out what's going on. And he he knows there's at, at least one or only one person who has those answers until he talks to Fury. Uh, as yep. an aside, I'm I'm watching for clues to figure out the timing of. This episode with uh, Captain America, I can't help but wonder if Fury's absence is not related, meaning what's going on right now in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is overlapping the events of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I think when we get to the to the end, there's there's something that's come out in a recent promo, I think, that may shed a little more light on that. So when we get into our little after-spoiler after discussion, I think I'll have a few things to say about that. Good. Uh, so... Uh, you know, after we see the Lorelai shenanigans uh, from last episode and this episode, the team is is on the lookout for, I guess, an impending signature. There, I thought it was cool they made mention of Doctor Selvig's uh, work, and you know they were looking for the same pattern of the signature. So they they rush out, uh, you know, to to the location, and they they get there just as Sif um, comes down from Asgard, which I thought was was I thought it was a really cool sequence. Uh, you know, I th- I think. Given the TV budget, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, it was, it, oh, yeah, it was definitely a TV version that we talked about last week. But it's 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 the uh, it, it was a good job was done. Uh, I liked how they incorporated that they can detect the uh, the uh, the Bifrost, and that goes back yes. to Thor because if you remember, Jane Foster was was studying the effects, but she always describes it as a as a southern aurora an aurora effect because she was probably witnessing or detecting the Bifrost through space from one world to another because I'm sure it hasn't come to Earth until that moment when they when Thor arrived and the and the hammer arrived in that movie. So being able to detect it at least at a stronger level is what tells them it's coming to Earth. So they were I, I thought it was odd they were to detect it so clearly in advance though, because yes, it, yes. that that's the one that's where I had to suspend my disbelief a little bit, probably more than a little bit. Uh because I mean, as cool as that that plane is, uh, they probably were not anywhere near where they needed to be to 
be at the right spot at the right time if it was just happening. So they had a lot of right. uh, or 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 they were tracing Lorelai's original signal, and as they were arriving, is when it got stronger and Sif arrived, which is certainly probable as well. Because yeah. they did, they said, you know, they said the Bifrost put her near her last known location. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I, th- I think it's just one of those things like we do in the comics all the time. You just have to suspend a little disbelief for, you know, for time and for, you know, it's it's a 42-minute TV show. You know, yeah. you can't. You can't develop everything out. Oh if you yeah, it's in a not. Two-hour movie. It's not worth nitpicking over that. Over that, right? But it's 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 right. worth acknowledging that. Sure. Uh, this is not new technology. I mean, this is this has history back to the original movie Thor. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it was cool. I mean, Lord, you know, Sif looked like Sif. Sif acted like Sif. So that was all. That was all pretty cool. I love that um, when she lands and she sees you know Coulson's team and she walks up to them and she says she asks them, "You are of Shield." I, I just I thought that was kind of cool. I I liked that. I liked how we didn't waste time finding each other. Yes. I liked how we didn't waste time dealing with the question of Coulson meeting Sif. The question of you know does Sif know he's dead? Will she tell Thor? They moved past that so quick. Just like with Sky and Mike Peterson, it was done off camera, and they gave us like three sentences that told us what was going on, and we move on. Loved it. Perfect. All I needed. Yeah, and I like that Coulson said. You know, because she was going to let Thor know that he was okay, he'll be pleased. And I like that Coulson said, and I think this just probably, you know, so they don't spoil anything. Or if people don't watch the show and they go to the movie and they're like, well, how does he know he was alive? Right. I think that's just kind of a, a little CYA for the movie. So when I'm assuming Coulson will be in Age of Ultron, you know, possibly not. But right. at some point, I think he's going to interact with some of these characters again. So, again, it was kind of cool that he just said, no, I'd rather tell him myself. You know, just kind of keep that on the on the down low, if if you will. Yep, and it was it was handled very well the way yeah, the way the phrasing the, the the dialogue. You know, um, yeah. You know, Thor considers you a friend, so do I, and I appreciate it if you heard it from me. It's like perfect, all I needed. Yep. Uh, and then we start to get where, um, I guess Fitzsimmons start asking, uh, uh, Sif about you know they're they're trying to figure out. Uh, no, I guess it was Coulson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, he was, was asking he was about the blue. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were well. Two things there. They're they're uh, at the holograph grab table, and such a uh, uh, a nice callback to the uh, to tracks where Coulson and Ward couldn't get the the table to work. Yes. And here's Sif. You know, navigating like a pro, like she's running an old version of DOS because oh, oh yes. this is old technology. Other realms have had it for for you know you know, eons or whatever, hundreds of years. Like basically, we're behind the times. You know, we're primitive. As this is our most advanced technology, and we're primitive compared to her, which we saw that in Thor The Dark World as well. Um, but, yeah, right. that was Coulson's opening as well to talk about other races, other specials, and one of the races in that list, Kree. Was the Kree, yeah. Yep. So uh, She rattled off a bunch of them really fast, and then I think she, she mentioned Frost Giants in there too. And she acknowledged Frost Giants and how they had been on Earth and how yes. they fought them back. And, and all Coulson could say was, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you getting our back. Which, again, ties back to the first Thor movie, the very Indeed. beginning of the first Thor movie. Correct. Um, but, but I also appreciated the uh, comment that um, – no other race has come to Earth. Well, clearly that's yes. not true. I mean, and not even counting the Chitari, but we know about this blue alien, so um, certainly none of any scale. Right. 
but it again it just kind of amps up the you know who who does that alien belong to and i'm thinking you know we know that ronan the accuser yeah. is a kree he's going to be in guardians of the galaxy uh i'll be curious to see how he's portrayed we haven't really gotten a good look at ronan from the uh from guardians of the galaxy so It'll be. I'll be curious to see. Like, is he really tall? Is he taller than a normal human? Is he, you know, is he not blue? Is he, you know, some other, you know, colored skin? Or, you know, if his skin is not, you know, colored at all. Um, you know, so, I, I would not be surprised if he's going to be blue, and they're going to make the reference because you know, at this point, nothing's an accident anymore with this with the MCU. So, right, so true. I think it's very likely. Um, if in fact, well, the community said the career blue, so it would be yeah. very likely. Um, Again, I'm still talking about Shield, though. Very intrigued, still intrigued about the alien, what it is, where it came from, and uh, more evidence to me, at least, is piling up towards Kree. Yeah. The the other interesting thing about this one is, I think this was more of a tie to Thor: The Dark World than the episode that they said was a tour a tie into Thor: The Dark World. All right, and um, I, I said this back at that episode. Um, they, Marvel's Agent Shield, you know, whoever the powers be, never said it was a tie-in. They say spinning out of the events of true comes true. a new adventure, and it did. They were they were there, but then they went somewhere else. Right. Uh, and I, we we called it a tie-in, and, yeah, true, and I think it probably makes sense because the movie is a couple weeks old at that point. Um, I think they're uh, reasonably concerned or aware of the idea of spoiling for people who haven't seen it. So sure. it, it's. Basically, it's too early to go into it. Just like I don't expect any overt references immediately to Captain America, uh, at least very close to the release. But by the time the season finale comes out, maybe we hear a little bit more or something more to it. Certainly by the time season two rolls up, uh, we'll start getting more give you that. But you're right. Because of all that, this was a much better tie-in to Thor The Dark World. Certainly a more overt reference in where we actually said the word Dark Elves. Yeah, and and you know she goes on about how because of all the chaos and the attack on Asgard that she was in a prison. She I would freed. bet she was in the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was broken out off camera. We didn't see it, but during the whole prison break scene, and she was you know hiding, laying low, whatever. And one way or another, found one of Loki's portals out, which is what they said she did. She she took a she. Oh, that's a good point. So let's dial back to our conversation about how they tracked the Bifrost. Lorelai didn't come by Bifrost. She came by one of Loki's portals that he's aware of. Huh. Interesting. All right. But the, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I would, I would bet, or at least it's reasonable to assume she was, she was broken out of the, the bigger prison break and maybe the collar yeah. was broken or otherwise removed during that break or, or she got it off while she was in hiding. She took advantage of the chaos to, to get the heck out of Asgard or out of the, out of the, uh, out of the castle. Yeah, and it makes sense too because you know the the Blu-ray just released a few weeks ago, so it's kind of like I, I think at this point you oh, can reasonably no. be yeah. assured that okay, if you didn't see it at the movie, you were waiting until it came out on video. It came out digitally before it came out physical. Yeah, so it's been a month, uh, five weeks since the since the digital, a week after the the Blu-ray. It's certainly the timing of the episode was not an accident. It was definitely there sure. to sell more Blu-rays. Right, and I, I guess from a this one revealed, I think, a little more detail. Not that it revealed anything spoilery, but it revealed more details associated with that movie. I think at this point, you, it's reasonable to assume if you wanted to see Thor The Dark World be, and you're that interested in it and that and you care that much about being spoiled, that you've probably at this point seen it. 
And if you haven't seen it and you're a casual fan, you're not really going to care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's fair to say. Uh, one more thing on Sif and Coulson. Uh, I love the bit when I, I think this is when she's ready to kind of leave the to go off from the plane or when before everything kind of goes down. Uh, she looks at him and says, Philip, son of coal. I, I, just, I, I, I smiled. I smiled at that. Yeah. I admit. Again, another uh, another yeah. Thor callback. Yeah. Uh, but that was really cool. Yeah, that was good. Uh, we get a new name for the night night gun. Isis. The Icer. Uh, marginally better than Night Night Gun, but still <laughs> I, uh, pretty terrible. I kind of like Night Night, but he lost the ounce. Yeah. Not only that, but uh, all right. So this is just, I think, a prop thing. I think it's a budget thing, but I think this is something that maybe could be fixed in Foley. But those things just feel like when they heft them around in the sound they make, they seem like they're cheap plastic pieces of crap. Like they don't <laughs> feel like they're they have any heft or weight to them. And, and like I said, I'm sure when people use real guns on the set, I don't get that impression, even though they're probably made of plastic or not real guns. I know sometimes, sometimes they are, depends on, you know, what's going on. But I really think that whoever they got doing the Foley on that should make some changes or something. Cause they just feel like plastic toy guns. Well, um, let's, let's try to justify that. They're, they're not using metal ammunition rounds. They probably True. are significantly lighter. I'm not saying they're no, cheap no plastic pieces of crap, but uh, they're lighter. Now, I, I think I've acknowledged that maybe on a subconscious level. I know what you're talking about, but not enough for it to bother me. Yeah, I, I don't know why. That just that just bugged me. I was like, there's no heft to that weapon. Like a weapon should have should be hefty, even if it's even if it's not a big one. But anyway, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't think we, we – so Lorelai, as, as, again, as we saw last time and we see happening this time, she's kind of amassed this army of bikers. Uh, and she, I love the, the analogs in her you know, vernacular that she uses to relate to this biker gang and to this kind of building of an army uh, concept uh, and the fact that you know, her powers only work on men, that she uses her voice, and if for some reason you're strong-willed enough, then your voice doesn't respond to her that if she touches you then that's pretty much the 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 kiss of death as it were that right. you're you'll be you know even if you can avoid her 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 voice you can't avoid the voice with the touch right um and so one of the things again i think it's just another one of those in service of the stories but when the, when they confront her and then ward you know con when turns around given that it's not a gun that would fire a lethal round of ammunition I was like, dude, why don't you just shoot her? Like, why didn't he shoot her immediately? It's I'll, like he waited. I'll, I'll add to that that uh, I watched this episode with my son because he wanted to see the the Asgard episode, and that as that scene was playing out, he said, "Dude, just shoot her." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Cam, that would solve our problems. But to be fair, I, I don't think it would have had really any effect on her. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But. Uh... And that probably would have been more believable if he had, and it didn't work. At least it would make sense that you know he knows better than yeah. let her talk. He should have known better, right? Exactly. And it and it looks like again, the, it wasn't the voice. Like I think they were trying to say that Ward is strong-willed enough that the voice isn't what worked. It's when he touched her that that's what yeah. that's what turned her. And you think back to the, uh, that other um, alleged Thor Tyne episode when he when Ward grabbed the Berserker staff. Um, they yes. basically said that that would be with him. You know, for for some time to come, decades even, and she referenced that. You know, you have the rage of a berserker inside you. Yes. So, so they haven't really, we haven't really gone back to that. 
and we haven't seen that in his actions. We haven't seen him lose control, um, which, well, maybe some of his talks thoughts talks about, uh, uh, you know, I don't blame myself. I blame whoever, and he wants to go after Quinn. It's probably more subdued than it could be. But right. it's good to know that that's still there and may come back, come out later to play in the, in, in an episode sometime. Yeah. Which means May I has really... it still as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and that could be, you know, maybe his interaction with that Asgardian staff. You know, I, I guess you can maybe make the argument that that's why maybe he was able to withstand her voice, that just being exposed to that technology or to that. Uh, I, I don't think so, because they also made a pretty good show of how um, how Rooster, the Bako gang, she had to touch him as well before he finally succumbed. No, that's uh, true. Yeah, so, good point. So I think it's got to do with the, uh, um, not masculinity, but the, you know, the alpha male, if you will. Sure. You know, the more sure. the more of the leader you are, the more of the alpha male you are, the more strong-willed you are, uh, the more you are to be able to uh, lead rather than follow, if you will. Yeah. It's one of the things I really thought was there, there were a couple of things in this episode that I thought were really, really worked well. Uh, and one of them was, I think Simmons just really kind of grew a pair in, in this episode and that, that kind of shouting match that she had with Colson about wanting to call HQ and let them know what was going on. Uh, and Colson kind of making the argument against that, just the two of them, again, I think it shows that the team is, they're all learning to not just be a bunch of robots and that they're not going to, you know, all, you know, march to the beat of the shield drum, that they're seeing things and they're having to deal with things on a day in and day out basis that don't really like the book doesn't apply because they're seeing and dealing with things that aren't by the book. Um, and for Simmons to kind of still have that mentality and be strong about wanting to call him back up and wanting, you know, this, this to happen. And for Colson to really yell back at her. I mean, it wasn't just like they were having a disagreement. I mean, they got into a shouting match with each other. Uh, and I just, I, I just thought it was very well done. Yeah. The other thing I got out of that was, as you said, Colson shouting back, uh, again, they're a great team. They work well together. They have good camaraderie, but Colson's the leader. He's the head of the team. Yep. And, uh, he will listen to you. Um, to a to a point, but when he makes a decision, the discussion's over. And just like when he shut down Sky uh, during the episode when uh, the, he first gave her the bracelets, um, he yeah. shut down Simmons pretty pretty darn quick. Yeah, and and this was even more forceful. Like we've seen him be, you know, give an order and then just say no more discussion, or just be very matter of fact mm -hmm. or very frank. But this is the first time we've seen him like literally raise his voice and get loud ab about. You know him asserting his authority, and this is probably the most active uh, or strongest of a disagreement in uh, in a decision he's he's faced, at least that we've seen from from Simmons. And she's right to do that. Yes, uh, but this is a very personal, and Colson has very specific reasons to do this, which we found out at the end of the episode with Sky why he wants yeah. to do this, which which also makes sense. Um, and he's he's probably feeling a little bit of the pressure of. Uh, as much as he trusts his team and wants to be able to tell them everything, he understands why he can't, and he just simply has to rely on his authority as the leader of this team, and they're going to have to simply accept that. Uh, but I think it will get to the point where, or it could get to the point where Simmons may disobey orders because she feels she has to. Um, yeah. But we have other things going on. 
in that realm to deal with. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that Ward and Lorelai sneak back aboard the plane and they hijack it. They basically start taking off and May is freaking out a little bit. Get off my plane, yeah. Yeah, get off a plane. And then, you know, of course, Sif is... She was in the interrogation room, but she wasn't being... I think that's just where she was. I think they don't um, just don't have a spare bunk anywhere for anybody else. Right. So it's like this is this is the guest room as much as anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I thought, so it was was kinda... an, I thought it was odd that she was in there, but it was reasonable, uh, I guess. So then we see Lorelai. She she kind of puts fits under her spell, uh, which was kind of funny because he was just like a just like a little schoolboy. Yeah, uh, and they that... played they played that up nice when that when it came time for it too. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Coulson kind of figures out what's going on, and when he gets confronted by Fitz, he he totally plays along uh, with oh, her. She's, and I, she's great. She's great. Yeah, <laughs> I just again, I love Clark Gregg. I just and just the way he he has that demeanor about him, uh, you know, where it's almost like he's winking to the audience, like, oh my god, I can't believe I have to go along with this, but uh, but I am. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then, th- th- you know, Ward opening up the top hatch and sucking Sif out of it. I thought that was, again, you know, just, just kind of a cool, you know, action sequence. Uh, not that we really thought she was, you know, sucked out of the plane and, you know, falling at thousands of feet to her supposed death. But... Yeah, but the way they handled that was great when uh, Simmons yeah. said that. He's like, she's a guardian. She's still out there. Get her back inside. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. are you are you serious? Did you really just say that? <laughs> So that was pretty cool. We got Colson went pretty hardcore too. We got to see got to see him uh, get pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I watched um, the uh, the Marvel one shot. Something funny happened on the way to Thor's hammer. And um, yes, uh, Colson's an action hero. He, yeah, yeah, he really is. He can hold his own. Yeah. Uh, so I love when too. The other thing. So when Lorelai and Sif finally they kind of re you know reface off against each other. And she completely digs in on her about Thor, you know, because it's, again, another great nod to the movie because we've seen it a couple times where she looks at Thor very long sideways from, glance, from afar. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, all that. You know, even even Odin's, you know, reference to her, you know, what's in, you know, seek what's in front of you. Yes. So uh, it was nice. It was nice to see that good, good uh, reference, good appropriate reference to, to Thor. Nothing forced there. Although I, I think I caught something in there. It was really great to see her double blade sword, which they again referenced. To Thor, they talked about how she was in uh, in New Mexico. That's how they identified her as being friendly. But do you remember in uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, uh, during one of the montage scenes of Captain America and the and the Howling Commandos doing their thing? There's a quick shot of uh, Cap reading a map. He's got his compass out, and in the compass is a little picture of uh, of uh, Peggy uh, Carter. Petty Carter, yeah. Um, I was looking. There was a, a little photo, I think, attached to her her sword. Did Did you see what I saw? Was there a picture of Brad Milo? Um, on attached to, <laughs> to Sif sword, um, I think so. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's possible. All right, uh, possible. Maybe he made an impression. Maybe in all in all seriousness, it was it was uh, uh, a nice short, but a, a reasonable fight scene. Good, dis- good, good distraction. You know, we I don't think anybody ever expected her not to win and not get the collar on to uh, right. Lorelai. Um, but the whole thing went pretty well. We didn't even have to do the whole scene where the Bifrost comes takes him away because we, we know how that's going to end. Sure, um, yeah. But uh, I think I think the most interesting part was uh, kind of woven through the whole thing was the relationship of Ward and May and how this was going to interact with them, the, the, the conversation between May and Sif. 
about yes. how Sif had to deal with the man she loved who was under Lorelai's spell, and there was a reference later on during that that fight. And, of course, the final conflict. I mean, the two most physical uh, members of this team, the soldiers, both of whom have the Rage of Berserker inside them, going head-to-head uh, down to the wire. And, um, of course, May got the ammo out anyway, so even if she had, he hadn't been freed from the, from the spell, if you will, uh, May had already removed the clip, removed the magazine from the pistol, so uh, the fight just would have gone on. But how they come back from that, if they come back from that, uh, basically we have just a, one of a couple internal conflicts that I've been hinting at, that I've been expecting. We now have that, have those two are going to be at each other going forward. Uh, we have Colson versus the rest of the team and trying to manage the secret and still get the job done. And then, of course, we have what we'll talk about with what came out of the tag. Yeah. And, you know, the again, Sif made a point of telling, or not Sif, Lorelai made a point of telling uh, May that, you know, she saw who he was longing for. And it was a, I think she said basically it was a teammate, but it wasn't May. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so I'm, I'm assuming we think it's Sky. I'm hoping it's really not because, man, that would just be obvious and boring. Yeah. Cliched, boring, just, ugh. That would really kind of turn me sour, I think. Uh, yeah, although Simmons, Simmons is an odd pairing, though, unless we're talking about Victoria Hand. <laughs> so, I mean, of all the women we've seen so far, there's not many. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they just meant another – somebody else in S.H.I.E.L.D., but not yeah. Sky. But I, they were heavily leaning towards it with Sky. And it's funny because May has been one from the beginning with their relationship that it's pretty much physical that, you know, she's not going to be attached – they shouldn't be attached. Yeah, but Coulson you know, took care of that pretty quick. He's like, I know you said it wouldn't be a problem, but I also know you wouldn't tell me if it was. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's just typical May. She's putting up the tough exterior, but I think deep down we all know that she's getting attached. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and and I'm sure Ward is too. So, so again, it's going to have very – it definitely had a chilling effect on their relationship, that's for sure. No question. So we have Skye and Coulson now. They're in the kind of the med area. Before, Coulson asks. Before we do that, uh, let's lead up to that real quick. So we've sure. had, and I, went, I saw this more when I watched it the second time, obviously because I knew it was coming. We have May several times, several different ways, trying to get out of Coulson what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and finally, he's she's the one who suggests that he at least talk to Sky because, and, and and a very legitimate, compelling reason. You're both dealing with the same thing. She deserves to know. You need to talk about somebody. You might as well be her. And that's where we go where you were going to go. Yeah, so Coulson basically excuses everybody out of the med pod. He talks to Sky and pretty much just confides in her that, look, this thing that, you know, yes, I did try and stop uh, stop them from doing it to you. Um, and Sky is like, why would you do that? I'm alive. Yeah. I'm fine. You know, you shouldn't feel guilty about doing this even even after he tells her it was alien, like there's something alien that was put inside of you. And I think she's pretty freaked out by that. But again, she's just like, she's treating it as a positive is not a, as a negative, which I think is a, is a great contrast to Coulson who feels like, like, a, like he's been slighted. Like this horrible wrong has been this done, was to, done him. to him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, she's like, you saved my life. And she's, she's already st- still grasping with the idea and she said i'm going to wait for we don't know what that means you know right the unknown is what we do 
Um, and that she wasn't dead. I mean, I guess technically she she was dead for five seconds or something like that. So she's in a little bit of a different predicament because Coulson was dead for potentially days, if not a week or more, uh, before they they found a way to bring him back. Right. Uh, you know, Sky had barely. You know, I, I you know I don't think she could. You know legally be considered dead at that no i don't think she point. was ever i don't think she ever died I don't, even with the with the serum i don't think she actually technically died died she was right amazingly incredible and near death but uh certainly nothing where she needed to have her brain reprogrammed um right but yeah it, it, it certainly didn't phase her and she um yeah it's thankful she's alive and uh but it doesn't well, we disagree can... we need to find out what happened we let's find out what this right. is but then again, we get another confrontation point because she's like, "Yeah, we need to go after it." And Coulson makes a great argument, says, "No, we have to keep this from the team. We cannot tell anybody else, right. and it's for their own benefit. We have to protect them." Yeah, and we because... get his reasons why he was short with Simmons, why he shut her down so so hard. Yes, you know, we we're getting and like I said, they're they're good, legitimate reasons. And, you know, he wants to find out what why it was so important they were guarding it, why it's so far off the grid from the rest of Shield. You know, why, why, why? Um, but it's it's a dangerous secret to know, so let's let's keep it from the others for their protection and for ours. Um, but then there's that tag. <laughs> yeah, so that that's pretty much where we end the episode, and we come back, and this was this is a pretty awesome tag. Yeah. I mean, we've had some that have been you know a little funny, a little cute. They've also set this up before, because this isn't the first time May's hit the button and listen in on what people are saying, right? She's done it before, and then kind of had the smile on her face. Then this time she hears it. She gets it. She, I'm assuming, puts the plane on auto, autopilot. If it wasn't, goes over to some kind of secret panel, opens it up, hits a button, picks up the phone, and says, "It's Coulson. He knows." I repeat, isn't wasn't it? I repeat, he knows. Yep, uh, he Coulson knows. I repeat, Coulson knows, and that's the extent of the message. But you know, it's a, it's a couple things there. It's it's an encoded channel. She's talking directly to someone in Shield headquarters, and it's a high number. So she's made these reports several times. I think it was like eighty something, if I remember correctly. So she's been checking in and reporting on this team and reporting on Colson specifically, most likely. And my my hunch is she went. If you remember back to that pilot and Colson went to recruit her to drive the bus, she said no, I wasn't going to do it. And then suddenly she shows up. She was there. I don't think when Coulson went to her, she was recruited. She really wanted to just stay where she was. I right. think Fury, somebody got to her after said, listen, Coulson wants you. I need you. For Coulson's good. She, I, I, we're gonna, it's going to come to light that, that she was doing this for Coulson's benefits. Um, not spying per se, but just keeping tabs on him to to keep aware, keep control of the situation. But Coulson's very high, high set on uncovering the secrets, no more secrets. We've used that phrase or something to that effect several times over the last several episodes. And this is going to play right into that confrontation. And some of the previews we've seen for upcoming episodes uh, confirms that, especially with uh, May saying things like, Coulson's not what you think. And you know, So we'll see what that right, is. Right. I think it's either Fury or Hill. Uh, Maria Hill or Nick Fury. Yeah, I, yeah. Could be wrong. Yeah. But I, I think that's it. I think it's a little too obvious if it's if she's truly a double agent or no. you know, w- you know one of those. I, I think that's kind of a uh, uh, they're they're giving us a faint 
uh, on that. I think. No, I think it's I think definitely he, not um, malicious intent on her part. I think right. it's truly from a point of view of uh, of controlling the situation, certainly, but uh, in Coulson's interest, whether he knows it or not. Right. Right. So yeah, I think uh, so. That that's pretty much the episode. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I, I continue to contend the show gets better. Uh, I you know just chatting with people and looking at posts on Facebook and just other you know areas on the on the net and just talking to people. I think in general people think the same. Yeah, I'm seeing um, more and more of the positive. Yeah, um, I said before people don't appreciate the slow build. It's it's. You know, they're they're doing with the show what they intended to do from the start, which is introduce this team, uh, get us to know, let us get to know them, and then let the story continue to unfold. And right. I think we're getting a really good story out of there. I think it's unfortunate that people maybe had high expectations or certainly lofty expectations for it, um, but that doesn't negate that what we got is is actually very good. And as you said before, it's an Eight seven central TV show. It's not gonna be you know, edgy, whatever you know, violent, excessively, whatever. It's, it's this is a solid show. I I really truly enjoy this hour every week. It, well, when it's on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. I think uh, what they did. If they're gonna take a break, I think doing what they did this week is the right way to do it, um, because it. It it keeps Marvel in the public consciousness in that time slot on that day. Right. Uh, I think it, it gives somebody. It, I think maybe it helps you jazz, get jazzed up a little bit for it because, I mean, part of that whole hour long presentation they did today, you know, they 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 well, had they're, a, they're selling the they're selling Captain America too. Don't forget. I mean, that's that's where we no, half out from that or two weeks out. Absolutely. From that. Um, you know, but they did weave Agents of Shield in there, so. You know, it's it's possible that maybe if if it's somebody that's not watching the show, the fact that you know they made a point in the special of showing how you know this is all connected, this all weaves in. We're you know, you know everybody's on board, etc. You know, maybe maybe we'll see a little bit of a bump next week, and maybe positive word of mouth. Well, um, ne- next week is another rerun of tracks next week. Right. Oh yeah. We're I'm not sorry, on until April first. April first. Yeah. April first. Yes, April first. Um, and Trax is a good, I think, a good episode. If they're gonna if they're gonna run a rerun, I think that's a good one to to run. Well, yeah, considering um, the week after, we're gonna get the the other end of that and find out really what's going on with Deathlock. So it's a it's a good one to, sh- to show right before. Right, 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 and it, it it's a good one too because of the whole the way that that's that's one that I think that would be easy for people to sit through again just because of the way that it it was told kind of in flashback and the disjointed timeline yeah. and everything else so it'd be a cool one to kind of you know go back and watch and be like oh yeah and now now that makes sense you know what how they did that um so yeah I can't I you know if if you're going to rerun one I think that I think that's that's yeah. one to do how how did ratings do on this episode do you know uh yeah so ratings uh were up pretty uh, significantly from Last from Tahiti, which is which was very uh, pleasing for me. So Tahiti did one one point seven uh, with the adjusted, uh, I guess DVR plus three right. at one point eight. Uh, yes, men was two point oh, and then the adjusted uh, was two point one. So okay. it still not as good as tracks, but definitely significantly better than Tahiti. Yeah, uh, I I know there was some. Talk that NCIS was a rerun, so maybe that had some impact. I'm sure Sif had a lot to do with it too. I I, I do too. I mean, I I think at this point, if you're 
watching NCIS, you're probably not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the uh, nights off. That if you're watching both, then you're probably captured in the DVR plus three numbers or whatever, whatever you know, live plus three, um, you know, that, that they show. So, uh, but but we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm really hoping this episode is going to give it a bump and that we're going to see a, a gradual increase in the numbers. You know, maybe Captain America coming out will, you know, again, people kind of maybe be a little more aware of what, of what's going on. I think after April 1st, I think it's going to be a solid run to the end. I don't know that we'll get another break. Which yeah, I we think will be shouldn't. If, if my math is right, we should have about seven episodes left to go. And uh, um, April 1st should put us right to the middle, uh, mid, mid to end of May, which is where we yeah. want to be for your typical... TV season, so we should have a straight run. You're right. So that'd be nice to to get that. So I guess before, well, before we do, I, I we do have a, a a little bit of feedback. I got an email. Um, do you have Jordan's email up? Can you can you get to that? Because I think he yeah. made some really cool points that'd be good to discuss. Find that. Um, do you want to do ratings first, or you want to do feedback first? Um, let's do ratings. We'll keep it clean. All right. Why don't you do yours? I. I will give it a 4.25. I I like this episode a lot. I think Sif didn't feel like stunt casting. It, it felt like it fit. Um, having Lorelai being set up the previous episode and having that bleed over into this one, I thought was it was a good way to do it. Uh, it just felt very natural. Again, we're getting those connections that people, you know, people keep saying, I want more Marvel Universe in my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think this episode and, the, and what we've been getting in the last several have been giving them that, and I think having Sif in there worked, and it was it felt natural. I know sometimes when they cast, you know these you know bigger name movie actors sometimes in television roles like this or whatnot, it can feel a little. I, I remember I, I'll take it back to not to get too far off track. When they cast Harrison Ford in an episode of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, uh, and I think it was when he was he was taping the Fugitive because he had the full beard and the whole nine yards. Right. It literally felt like stunt casting. Yes. Um, and. And I've seen that done several other times, but that that was like the classic example. This didn't feel like stunt casting. This felt natural uh, to the way to the way it was done. So, so yeah, I, th- I just think a solid episode. I'm really looking forward to where they're going from here. Uh, you know, I, I'm just like I said, I'm I'm uh, you know a partially biased fanboy, but that but that's okay too. I I, I wear it on my sleeve. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a you know a four two five sounds good. I think I gave. Um, Tahiti a four five just because of the revelation and how good it was, but the um, yeah I agree with the four two five on this one. It was a good solid. Uh, didn't move the plot along a whole lot. It was on the edge really of being a filler episode in that the the prime, the main plot had little to do with the overarching plot. You know one of those well we'll give you a filler episode with a little tag at the end that's going to help drive the the main story, which is honestly what it was. But it was a good solid standalone episode by itself. And I really uh, did enjoy good interaction, good action. And uh, like I said, it didn't feel like stunt casting with Sif. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with 425 as well. Awesome. All right. So want me to do Jordan's email first for feedback? Or do you have any other feedback you want to give? Yeah, let me. I think Jordan's might uh, this will kick might out give a lot us a little discussion, bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me, let me do a couple short ones here go. quick. Uh, I got an email from Thomas um, and said, he sh- hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, if magic in this universe, this is a good question, actually. 
if magic in this universe is supposed to be science we don't understand, what's the scientific explanation for Lorelai's powers and Thor's ability to call his hammer? With May acting as a double agent, hopefully for Fury, and Simmons standing up to Coulson, I have a feeling the team is going down a divided road. Yeah, we covered that, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Going by what Ward said to Skye at the top of the episode and Lorelai's reveal about Ward to May, it seems the writers are going back to the Ward and Skye romance. I see that road leading to a black hole of boredom. Uh, Yeah, we said uh, that as much as that, and I would agree, but I agree it probably is where they're going. Yeah, we're, we're hopeful. Thomas, we're hopeful that uh, that it's not. Uh, Jamie Alexander is excellent in this episode. Marvel needs to consider doing a Sif solo film or pairing her up with other female heroes in a film. Um, no, no argument. I don't know that she could carry a, a solo film. No offense to, to Jamie Alexander. I just don't know uh, that that character could do it. I think a Warriors 3 plus Sif film uh, would be a lot of fun. Yeah, someone I saw used uh, this episode as an example of how Wonder Woman could definitely work, but I think for sure. the same thing. I'm not saying it can. I, I love to see a, a Wonder Woman film. I think they could do a great job with it if they really spend some quality time with it. Um, just think of the animated Wonder Woman movie. If that was live action, it would be yeah. just as good. Oh, yeah. um, I think it would be an interesting project, but I don't... I, 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 I think I think it could work. I certainly enjoyed the episode, though. You know, kind of kind yeah. of the same way with with Loki. People have called for a Loki standalone film, but I'm not sold on a Loki film yeah. either. You know, not to yeah, say. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. So, all right, cool. Anything else? Uh, yeah, one one more point. The only negatives about the episode were the sky scenes. I would forward all the sky scenes if I could. Unfortunately, the way Agents of Shield is structured, all the important plots go through Sky. With Coulson and Sky teaming up to take down the clairvoyant, it's going to be more focused on Sky again. Sigh. Um, overall, um, I enjoyed Yes Men better than last week's episode. I'm done saying it, but Sky is the center of the show. Done. <laughs> I mean, that, that's yeah. it. That's the show we've got. Yeah. I've said that before. Uh, yeah. to, the, to the comment about what's the, the scientific explanation of the hammer and of the, her power and all that, magic is a, te- is a technology we don't understand. We don't yeah, understand but... it, which is why it looks like magic to us. I'm not saying there's not a scientific explanation. There was a scientific explanation to Lost, but we just don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I kind of look at, like, Lorelai, so her voice. So I look at it as she's able to tune into some either frequency or vibration or energy, you know, psychic energy or whatever that allows her to, you know, control men. You know, that, that there's something... Pheromones. About her, pheromones, pheromones or whatever. And the contact... Yeah. Uh, even yes. though she was touching cloth, but still helps with that transfer. Uh, as far as Thor and the hammer, you know, again, you know, maybe magnets. that thing. Yeah, magnets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magnets. Which is why the hammer can go, when he goes through the portal, he can go up into space and come right back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, again, we, you know, we don't know what's inside or what's made, what that hammer's made of. You know, if it's some sort of technology that's tuned into his specific frequency or brainwaves or... If it, you know, if it tunes into the fact that if somebody, you know, we've seen other people in the comics be able to pick up Mjolnir, um, you know, if if they exhibit a certain character trait that makes their brain patterns emit a certain, you know, frequency or whatever, uh, that's one way to ex- explain it. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, again, all speculation. To quote, um, to quote a giant, a great man in the world of comics, it's magic. We don't have to explain it. <laughs> touche my friend touche but yeah I, I i don't get too hung up on it i mean i think that was a general statement to just kind of blanketly say 
you know, hey, if we can't really explain it, it doesn't mean that it's just some literal hocus pocus that that there is some technological, you know, explanation, even if we don't quite get it um, or it's biology or, or whatnot. So I, I, yeah. I tend not to to overthink that part too much. I guess. That said, I am looking forward to seeing how they handle that in the context of the Scarlet Witch in Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, yes. And if they ever yes. do pull off a uh, a Doctor Strange movie. I think at that point we will have to get out of the science and magic and more into a proper magic uh, environment, if you will. And uh, I think by then we'll be ready for it. If we can have a talking raccoon and a walking tree, we can have magic. Yeah, yeah. I think Kevin Feige recently, I think he was kind of asked about that, and I, I won't belabor it too much, but he said, you know, I guess because uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has, kind of, with Seth MacFarlane and... Uh, Brandon Braga have kind of revamped the show Cosmos. And, you know, I think he made a made a mention of, you know, that that show, you know, they talk about the origins of the universe and this, you know, this energy that, you know, was able to do, you know, to 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 create the Big Bang. And you have all these, you know, other, you know, cosmic energies out there that what if part of magic is just tapping into uh, some of what that is to bend reality and, and whatnot. So it's good as ex- explanation as any, I guess. Let's see. I got a couple. I got. I got one more comment uh, from Jason Ritter, who said, "Great episode. Love to see them expand upon Lady Sis' character, and we see the the seeds of Coulson going rogue. And I think May and some other Shield agents may turn on Coulson if he keeps digging like this." Yeah. So I think I think we talked about that. I I you know I don't really see. I think the May thing is a red herring uh, to get kind of people to go, "Ooh, what's what's going on." Yeah, I, I think, I think their intentions are pure. Yeah, I think they're pure and they'll resolve themselves uh, as well. But yeah, it's 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 we had this. Uh, like I said, I've been looking for this internal struggle to to uh, stress this team, but have them come back stronger than ever, and, and that's exactly what we're getting. It's almost a little too formulatic, formula, you know, by the formula because my words aren't working for me right now. But it's uh, it, it's 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 not unexpected, but it's it's it's. It's a it's a Whedon thing. I mean, we saw this in Buffy how many times? This kind sure. of this kind of uh, yeah, yeah. Of oh yeah, point, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Anything else? No. So that's that's really it. Uh, I've got Jordan's email here. He gave us like several points related to what we talked about in uh, the episode for Tahiti. Um, a couple of things were confirming that yes, Ronan and Korath are both Kree and will be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, one that I missed, and I saw it on my re- rewatch. The alien had Cree writing on his abdomen, and I looked, uh, not the scars that we talked about. There is some markings on there that I didn't really acknowledge as being writing, and I never would have picked it up as being Cree markings, so more evidence, too, that this is a Cree alien. According to James Gunn, Marvel partially owns the Skrulls and confirmed they can't use the Badoon, which we talked briefly about what the aliens could be. An interesting one, Captain Marvel, who we've talked about uh, as a possibility, if this is who this is, in the Ultimate Universe, which many aspects of the MCU has been based on, for example, you know Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, his name is, uh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Genharis Holison Marvell, G-H. Possible? Maybe? Good. Maybe? We talked about the Inhumans as a possible, you know, alien. Marvel, he's just confirming Marvel does still hold the film rights for the Inhumans. That's why Inhumanity is happening right now. I guess that's a comic uh, right now, one of the comic yeah. uh, arcs. 
um, they're setting up for the humans to be like the mutants so they can use that in the MCU potentially since we can't use mutants in this world since they're owned by Fox right now or the rights excuse me are in Fox Kevin Feige has said that they want to do an Inhumans movie eventually so that could be a phase 3 or whatever potential movie franchise to go direction to go uh, but the one that completely blew my mind, and I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't get this, and you, Russ, commented you didn't quite buy this one. Uh, I'll read it verbatim here. I'm amazed that neither of you even entertained the possibility that Garrett was working for the Clairvoyant the entire time, as I thought they telegraphed that pretty strongly. He is, or will be, a cyborg in the comics, uh, and we know the Clairvoyant likes to exploit uh, them, meaning the agents, and he played, or Scott Cyborgs, and how he's done with the, the eye socket and that. Uh, and he played into everything that Quinn admitted that the clairvoyant needed. Garrett even took Quinn with him in the end. The clairvoyant needed eyes, or eye, I guess, inside the bunker, and Garrett provided that. Basically suggesting, he's suggesting that Garrett's got one of the eye pieces, he's already being controlled by the clairvoyant, and when Garrett went on that mission, the clairvoyant, no, clairvoyant now saw what was in that, that bunker. Not the alien, because he wasn't there, but he at least got into the bunker. And I thought, interesting. I didn't even think that he could have already have been compromised. Yeah, I didn't either. And I guess, I, I, I don't, I'm not going down that path. I, I mean, it's certainly plausible. I mean, the fact that Garrett seems to be on the heels of wherever Coulson and his team were. Yeah. You know, they made they made mention that they, you know, kind of came behind him in a couple places uh, I don't think it's outside the realm of plausibility. I, I just don't think I didn't get the vibe that uh, that Garrett was turned or that he was compromised. Right. It's uh, but it was a great observation. It's a good observation. Good good theory that at least it would have been worthy of discussion uh, had either of us thought of it. Yes. 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 So but kudos to Jordan. Yeah. Spot on. I really really uh, that I think my response to that particular one was simply son of a. <laughs> uh, so, any more feedback from Tahiti? In general, uh, in no, I don't. I don't have any more feedback. Um, I got some news. Okay. So we talk about news before spoilers. Yeah. There's not really much. Uh, so the first bit is next uh, in the next episode after the after we get the the rerun next week. Uh, Adrian Pazdar is going to play General Glenn Talbot. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. I, uh, um, we was watching the, the special. We'll talk a little more about, and they showed a little bit of clips of Agent Shia, what's coming, and he was on screen, and I actually kind of jumped up a little bit when I saw that. Uh, not that I'm necessarily a huge Talbot fan or know a lot, because I believe he's he's one of uh, Ross's side, uh, buddies, right? Um, yes. That's how I yes. know him from, from, Hulk, from Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Um, but just, just to have that hook back into Marvel, and now we have a hook into the, the Hulk world into yes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I thought was fantastic. Yeah, and for those of you that Adrian Pastar has actually been, Madhouse uh, Productions has been doing a lot of the animated Marvel stuff, so they 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 they, they, they showed a lot of that on G4, um, but Pastar has been playing the voice of Tony Stark Iron Man, so he did in the in the um, the animated Iron Man show that aired on G4 that was originally done by Japanese studio Madhouse. Uh, the most recent, I guess it's... Um, Hulk and Iron Man, the rise of Technovore, or whatever that was, that um, um, he did the voice of Iron Man again in that. So he's he's no stranger to this universe. And being that Jeff Loeb is in charge of all of kind of the television side of things, it was easy. And Jeff has ties to the show Heroes, which 
Adrian Pastar played Nathan Petrelli on Heroes, it was easy for him to kind of reach out and, and make that connection. So so that's pretty cool. There's been, obviously, we've had the full red carpet uh, Hollywood premiere of Captain America the Winter Soldier. Prior to that, they did some early press screenings, uh, and the reviews have been pretty off the charts. Uh, everybody, there's been several respected reviewers. These aren't just a bunch of, you know, yokels uh, running a blog somewhere. Uh, some respected reviewers that are saying this is even a more solid movie than The Avengers, which I I am a little hard pressed to believe. But I will say the more I see about Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, the more anxious I get to want to see it. And I'm kind of in like a self-imposed blackout. Like I'll I'll rewatch the trailer that I've already seen, but whenever I see stuff online, it's like new four minutes from Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I'm I'm totally bowing out of all that stuff. I I want to go in and be a little more fresh. Um, then the, the, the me from 10 or 15 years ago is slapping my current self. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. They're showing more of the movie. Um, yeah. And the really, stuff we saw in the special, uh, assembly universe today was a lot of that was on the Thor Blu-ray as well. Like, you know, the same scene, the same clips. Yeah. So that's really encouraging that, you know, it's, it's, it's not that it's just like they cut a good trailer. It looks like it's really shaping up to be a solid flick. Um, they've locked the Russo brothers. Apparently they like them like what they did so much before even the, the review stuff came out. They locked the Russo brothers into directing Captain America three. Um, and after a, a kind of a big web blow up when it was announced that Batman Superman was moving to May 6th, 2016, which Marvel had already kind of, uh, you know, staked their flag in the sand on that day with an unannounced movie, but they've pretty much been staking out, you know, they typically go like two years out at least of when they're going to release a movie. Uh, and so May 6th of 2016 had been one of those tentpole dates, uh, and nothing had been announced uh, until it really started heating up between, uh, you know, DC going head-to-head with Marvel, and uh, they announced that Captain America 3 will be May 6th of 2016. So we'll get we'll get a two years uh, between the two of those. And DC blinked. So they're going to move theirs up into April for at least currently the way I think it looks. Just, I, think, uh, I think it's only like a week. Uh, yeah, I think it's one or two weeks tops. I think it was two weeks. I, th- I don't know why. I, th- I think it was two weeks to give it a little breathing room. So so that's that's kind of the the cap news which again i think yeah. is good stuff i had read something else uh, talking about i think chris evans has a six picture six picture deal i think it is yes. uh yeah so he's he's done two uh now i got this cap there's three cap yeah. three cap three will be four avengers all the Avengers will be five and then one more meanwhile sebastian stan has i want to say it's like a nine picture nine. deal yeah. and uh to me, that tells me we have the potential of seeing a Bucky cap. Yeah, spoiler, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, a, I don't know, speculation They're to pretty me is spoiler. Yeah. No, 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 true, true. Yeah, so it's 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 really interesting. I, I really believe that once Evans is done with his six-picture deal, I think he's out. He's he's He said as much without confirming it. He really wants to get into directing. That's kind of like his new passion. Um, but he's he's like really humble and really grateful to everything that Marvel's done. I mean, yeah, flat yeah. out said, look, I wouldn't be able to do any of this if it wasn't for this role. And he's extremely grateful. But you got to figure from a physical perspective, having to do one of these movies oh almost gosh, every year. Yeah, that that's got to be that's impossible be, to, to keep up. And 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 now I'm actually fine with with that because as Me much too. fun as these movies are, they they can't. They just can't go forever. But right. the fact that 
I mean, Chris Evans can do six movies. Robert Downey Jr. has already done four and will be in Avengers Age of Ultron. There's five. Uh, and just keep adding them up. We are going to have an amazing stack of movies when we're when we're done. I mean, I'm, I'm watching 17 hours of what we have already, and there's more coming. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll take whatever we can get. The fact that we're even getting six uh, Chris Evans movies, um, among all the others, is is alone fantastic. No, so, so I'm I'm more than satisfied by by that. Yeah. Um, the last bit of news uh, I have is, and this isn't really news, but just something to kind of be aware of. So uh, Jamie Alexander was on Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast. Uh, at this point, it's been a couple weeks, uh, and it's you know if you're not familiar with the Nerdist podcast, you, if you just search Nerdist.com, it, it's it's a really cool interview, and he's done he's he's pretty much a staple nowadays on these Marvel uh, Comic Con appearances as as the moderator i mean that's just kind of his deal and he, he does an excellent job i mean uh a bunch of the guys and i uh, john me um uh, unfortunately ken you weren't able to make it but when we were at new york comic-con in 2011 for the big avengers panel uh when they showed the first footage hardwick uh moderated that panel and did it did a fantastic job but uh so he interviewed her on the podcast, they talk a lot about her role as Sif. They talk just about her her, her uh, upbringing in in Texas, uh, uh, which which I, again, uh, having run into Brad Milo uh, in person, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I, I've been meaning to tell Brad he thought it was her boyfriend that she was with, and he, she's actually dating the actor Peter Facinelli. So I, I think that was probably she has like four older brothers. So I'm guessing that was probably probably older, older brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, it's it's a really great listen to, really kind of candid. She talks a lot about how, you know, the role of Sif, and um, it's really kind of cool that she's done a, a few things really under the radar, and Hardwick kind of brought it up. She didn't bring it up at all, where she's gotten in the Sif costume and gone to, like, children's hospitals and, you know, and, and done things, you know, for the That's kids. Johnny and... Depp's deal. He does that with Captain <laughs> Jack Sparrow all the time. Who's she kidding? <laughs> yeah. But apparently they did like a big Thor: The Dark World screening and stuff like that. So it, it just you know really oh, good for her. Cool. That's really very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, worth listening to um, as well as you know you can go in the back catalog and he's interviewed like Clark, Clark Gregg. He had a great interview with Tom Hiddleston and and Kevin Feige. So those are de- definitely worth uh, you know what, listening to. one so, thing I got from the uh, the special and from anything I've ever seen. These actors, everybody who's worked in these films, genuinely enjoy doing these movies. And, yeah, and you, yeah. you you see it in their performance, you see it on screen, but when you see it like that, you know, in interviews and even, not even when they're trying to sell the movie, but just when they're, you know, not doing another project and they're still talking about how much they enjoy these movies, it, it just makes for an enjoyable experience for everything. And, and, I, and I think we're really fortunate to have these. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Hiddleston, you know, the, I, you would think Downey Jr. would be the kind of guy that would just be like, oh, yeah, fame for, you know, fame and whatever. And, you know, don't bother me and shy away from the camera. But, you know, from his Comic-Con appearance before Iron Man 3 of mm-hmm. putting on the, the glove and walking through the crowd and, you know, high-fiving everybody and, you know, blowing kisses. And to Hiddleston, you know, last year putting on the, yeah. the you know, the you know, the, the Loki costume and doing kind of a dialogue with it. I mean, it's just, you know, just stuff like that. If, if these guys didn't really love what they were doing, I don't think they would really go that extra mile to do some of that. I think they would make their appearances. They would wave to the, you know, to the fans. 
Um, they would sit up there and, and just kind of do their thing. But for them to be, you know, just so engaged and to, you know, just see it in their face how, um, you know, how much they enjoy it. I, I, I agree, Ken. Yeah, I, I think it, it's special. I've said this uh, in other venues, maybe on a podcast. But I was talking to a guy at work about the movies and and I put a lot of the initial success of this concept meaning the the whole all the standalone movies interconnected into the Avengers, the whole idea of this Marvel Cinematic Universe, onto the shoulders of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, not not just because he was, I thought it was a great Tony Stark, but his early buy-in to the concept of what they were looking to do, signing on for the picture deals when he was like, you know, do a couple of movies and bring them to, all the heroes together. He's like, what do you need? Perfect, let's go do this. And, yeah, and yeah. We, we heard a lot of that from some of the other actors. Um including like Sam Jackson, who called them and said, hey, you have anything for me? Now, yeah. to be fair, he did that to George Lucas, too. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, I got something for you. He, he's like, I don't care if I'm a stormtrooper just in, and no one sees me. I'll know I'm there. He's right, like, we, right. can, we can do better than the stormtrooper, uh, Sam. But that's genuine. I mean, yeah, but he's just fan. You know, that's not a guy looking for a check, right? You know? Right, right. A guy looking for a check would be, I want to be the star. I want my name before everybody else. I want to have X amount of screen time. You know, blah blah blah. For a guy to call up and be like, "Look, I'll put a helmet on and just be in a corner." I mean, that's that that says something. Yep. So it's it's that's what makes these movies and this show, Marvel's Agent of Shield so enjoyable to watch because I think their it, it just comes through their performances oh and as an aside when I was watching the Avengers uh, the, over the weekend uh, I had never really dug too deep into the special features outside of maybe item 47 the Marvel one shot on that disc I'm sure you've seen it Russ but any listening if you have not watched the gag reel <laughs> for the Avengers disc Oh yeah, it's, go it's go really watch good. it. It's yeah. one of the funniest things. I mean, I I love watching the gag reels for different shows or different movies, but that's fantastic. <laughs> the the slow mo with them throwing the hammer and I'm not catching it. And <laughs> yeah, the, yep. and the shield. Yep. Yeah, just all that stuff. It's really it's 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 good. It's good stuff. Yeah, La- I laughed uh, out loud several times. So I I lolled, yeah. if you will. Yes. All right. Out loud. So we want to talk a little spoilery. Yeah, yeah, discussion? yeah, yeah. So uh, all right. So I'll start. I'll start with the captain. A couple things. One thing I noticed, and I didn't notice it prior to tonight, before Sam Jackson showed up on the episode, they kept promoing it all week with the Agents of Shield logo, and the bird had the eye patch. Um, you know, oh, subtle. I, I missed that. They did that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they did the eye patch on the bird. Oh, you mean back uh, in the beginning when? Yeah, yeah. I did see. Yes, that. Yes, I did yes, see that one. Yes. I think it meant recently. No, 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 no. Um, so I noticed it this time, but when they show the Shield logo up, they kind of have the round thing with the with the angular bird logo that we're talking about it was the cap captain america shield logo yep and then it flipped to the bird logo and then it said agents of shield uprising right um so i wonder if we're going to get a tag so the last time they did that like i said with the with the with the eye patch thing it was the fury tag so i wonder if we're going to get a somehow either maybe another fury tag maybe i would they, i would doubt we get a chris evans promo or a uh, cameos, no, but, but they they did. I wouldn't read too much into that because I, I did see this leading up to Tahiti as well. I think that's okay. more part right. of the bigger uprising branding concepts uh, of these the, the of this this segment of the season, this third act, if you will, 
because uh, that's a that's a hunch. Um, I think that symbolizes more the tie-in into Winter Soldier that I've mentioned before, or not the tie-in so much as the uh, alignment, kind of state of the, the alignment. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I my, that's my guess. That and it's a subtle way to sell tickets to the Winter Soldier. Bingo. Um, so one, so as as far as how it may or may not tie in directly, they've been. They've been pushing this a lot on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. about how Fury is off the grid. Nobody knows where he is. Can't get a hold of him. Trying hard. Sitwell even said the same thing. He's gone off the grid. There's a bit in uh, in the latest promo. It's, it's, it's a TV promo, so this isn't like a super spoiler. But, but um, where – and I think it's – I think it, this is what they're saying is an homage to, <laughs> to his character in Pulp Fiction. But he's driving on the freeway, and it's typical Sam Jackson yell his line. But he's like he, – I think he says, get me – off the grid and uh so he's yelling to get him off the grid so the fact that they're saying he's off the grid i'm wondering like you said ken if during this portion of him being quote-unquote off the grid or or unavailable these episodes are taking place like directly in the middle of you know captain america the winter soldier the movie yeah that's where i was going to earlier i really wonder if it's um we are lining up right now with that with, with winter soldier i mean we know there's a scene where he gets injured let's say uh and yeah. otherwise but I, and I think i could see them how they, they could keep colson under wraps i think they could keep fury under wraps as well uh so yeah i, I definitely think we're starting to see that alignment going on uh with with the bigger the bigger picture or with the greater yep. mcu yeah now as far as the uh on the special we didn't really get too much as far as like spoileries for upcoming movies we got a little more glimpses of Guardians of the Galaxy, but not really anything more than what we got in the trailer. Uh, yeah, the a couple thing... of sound bites interviews from the yeah. cast, but nothing, nothing significant. Yeah. Now, as far as Avengers: Age of Ultron, we got a couple things, uh, three things. So we got it looks like some concept artwork of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yep. In it looks like the characters, the actors' likenesses. They don't look completely like Aaron Johnson and. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, but close enough, yeah. But close enough, um, and and I I like they're going a little more uh, mainstream with the costumes. It, it doesn't look like at least by the by the Scarlet Witch promo that we're getting the you know crazy uh, headband with the red tights and you know crazy gloves and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like. and she she said in an interview somewhere along that the, she wasn't doing that that out. They weren't doing that outfit, but it's reasonable. I mean, just like Falcon's sure. not you know red and white spandex. It's a military yeah. you know prototype. Uh, basically a glider suit. But I did catch in the, some of the footage, um, the, the wings do flap, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And they actually they, they show where uh, Cap puts down a, a file folder, and it said, like, shield, prototype, something, yeah, something. Yeah, the Falcon is the code, code name of the, of the suit, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was that was cool. Yeah, it's it's a good um, way to incorporate it into this world. You know, they've done yes. a lot of things different from the comics to a degree. Um by other hearts, so that, that's a good way to make it fit in this bigger world, uh, yeah. just like what they had to make Thor work in this world, you know, and the science yeah. of magic and all that. So I'm more than satisfied with what we've seen on that end. Uh, yeah. But the big the, thing we saw, yes, for uh, yes. Age of Ultron. Uh, the the big thing is so they've been filming in Johannesburg, and there's been a lot of speculation that uh, it's going to involve the Hulk. I've been they've had some props that I think they use just for perspective and and scale and things like that. Uh, and they showed this this huge 
uh, Iron Man hand. Yeah. And I was like, well, that looks odd. And you're seeing like trucks spinning and they're doing all this stuff. Well, they showed a piece of concept art that shows an Iron Man Hulk Buster armor um, fighting the Hulk. And it was awesome because the Hulk Buster armor, at least in this concept uh, art, was probably at least a good couple feet taller than the Hulk himself. Right. Um, so not sure what's going on with that. But um, it's been said that that's the opening segment of the movie. Um, so, yeah. So, again, not much, but it's just kind of cool. I mean, I think we've been looking for Hulkbuster armor. I think we, in Iron Man 3, we got a set of armor that we kind of perceived as the Hulkbuster armor that they called Igor. Right. Um, so it looks like we're going to get the actual uh, authentic Hulkbuster armor, at least in, in some promo art, whether or not you know that makes the final cut or the final form or what it looks like. Who knows? But... Uh, but yeah, so that's that's about it. I mean, we didn't get to see anything. You know, they showed a lot of images of Ultron, uh, and and that's about it. But we haven't, you know, seen any footage of that whatsoever. Now uh, it, at all. it's been talked about that um, since we haven't introduced Hank Pym uh, into this world yet, that uh, Ultron was actually going to be based on um, Stark technology. Uh, I think oh, I've read yeah. that now, and I think one of the pictures or concept arts we saw of Ultron, it looked like there was a chess piece or a round object on the chest that would be reminiscent of an Iron Man type armor. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at that. I also think I saw, not in this special, but separately, um, Paul Bettany, who does, of course, voice of Jarvis in the Iron Man movies and in Avengers, uh, will be the voice of Vision. I didn't realize Vision was in this. Yeah, it. it you know, I trust which in fits, Joss Whedon. Which fits. Sure, sure. I trust in Joss Whedon, but it seems like every time you turn around, this cast is expanding. You know that they're adding uh, somebody else because now I think they're pretty certain that Ms. Marvel is going to show up in this one. No, I, 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 Feige, I don't think has confirmed that. Uh, I haven't I've heard. I, the only time I've heard Ms. Marvel is a speculation, nothing more than that, um, of, with Sky, which I don't buy into. But uh, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe it'll just be Carol Danvers as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And now that I could live with. I think I could buy yeah. that because I think with if – wow, let's, let's, go, let's go down this path for a second. Um, if our blue alien is Kree in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if we have Kree in Guardians of the Galaxy, if we introduce Carol Danvers of the, the – just the military, just Northern human Carol Danvers in Avengers Age of Ultron – We've got the makings of a standalone Miss Marvel film. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely buy that. Yeah. Um, so Scarlett Johansson is pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she is. That's <laughs> that's another bit of news. So I guess they're having to kind of... Feige has said well, We talked that about that a little last week, too, though. Yeah, yeah. Feige has come out and said that it will not affect the script at all for the movie. I think we're a little concerned, like, are they going to diminish her role? Are they going to move things around? Is right. it going to cause a delay? Um, and Feige said, nope, they're not going to alter the script at all. They're going to work around it. Um, they'll get creative as far as, you know, when they have to film her in, in the cat suit. Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of body double yeah. uh, type stuff, yeah. well, you know, which is fine. Yeah, I saw um, it. She, she looked good. She looked good at the premiere. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's any fear there. But they're, but they're really heating up talk on a solo Black Widow movie because apparently – um, her past and who she is plays a huge role in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. um, continues on and, and has a big impact in Age of Ultron. And there's talk that maybe there'll be a spin-out movie afterward. And I, I think I'm I'm all on board. I mean, I, I you know, I'd watch Scarlett Johansson make a sandwich for you know an hour and a half. So there you have it. 
Fantastic. <laughs> Take that for what you will. All right. Uh, that's, that's. I know. I, I know you saw the footage out of Comic Con last year. I think I had. Now that I'm thinking about it, but. I was totally caught by surprise because they didn't say the words Ant Man once, but at the very end oh, of that yeah, special, yeah. Uh, they showed a lot of the test footage of uh, of Ant Man, which was exciting to see. Um, uh, every time I said the words Ant Man to anybody who doesn't read comics, they're like, "Really? Has Marvel run out of ideas?" And uh, yeah, my wife said the same thing. And I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be." I I haven't seen a bad Marvel film yet, so a bad Marvel Studios film yet. So uh, I'm I'm very much. Uh, Looking forward to anything that they that they can make. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think any of that stuff that they showed. Uh, so it's the same thing they showed in Comic Con. Uh, Edgar Wright has had that kind of sitting around for a while. It was before anything was like officially even, you know, given a date or casting or any of that. Yeah, but stuff. the fact so, they use it at in this type of sure, focus, sure. this forum, gives a lot of credibility. Indeed. All right, uh, you and I tend to go long. It seems. Yeah, you know, they put us together and we just yak, yak, yak. Yep. Uh, but there's been a lot of stuff going on, you know. I, I So, you know, a lot of stuff to talk about. Cool. And uh, so as you, as you listen to this, we'll be off for a week. We're a week late with this. We'll have next week off. So it'll be the following week um, before we come back for the next episode of uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that's titled the- um, It Hits the Fan is what they're <laughs> calling that episode. Nice, because uh, that's certainly what it looks like from the from the promo. So it, no, I think we're gonna have a have a good run these next uh, seven weeks. Yeah. So we we I guess the one last little bit I have is we've seen the Deathlock, uh, the the Mike Peterson costume. Um, costume. There's been a lot of you know back and forth on that. I'm I'm fine with it. I don't expect him to look like Deathlock from the comics. I'm you know it, it, it fine. Hard to say when you're seeing things that are not. They almost seem like out of context screen grabs. Sometimes the lighting can be funky, or, or whatever. So it seemed fine to me. I'll, I'll wait and see how it uh, how it comes across on screen um, in the episode. But Captain America: The Winter Soldier, April the fourth. Uh, so we'll all a bunch of us will be seeing that movie that weekend uh, without doubt. Um, we do a podcast called Real Heroes uh, on this uh, network uh, at hhwlod.com where we'll be doing an episode on Captain America the Winter Soldier uh, when it comes out. So we'll be talking about that and going over a lot of cool stuff. I believe that uh, at least Ken and I and hopefully some others during the off week will do a uh, audio commentary on Thor The Dark World. We've done audio commentaries on every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to date. Uh, so the next one in line is Thor The Dark World. So keep an eye out on HHWLOD.com for that. Um, and you can also check out the Facebook page. So if you go to Facebook.com slash HHWLOD, uh, we post up all of the cool goings on on there. We have a Facebook page for uh, Shield TV Podcast. So if you look for Shield TV Podcast, you'll find that. Um, and do you have anything else, Ken? I'm just thinking through, and I think you've covered it. Cool. Um, so again, thanks everybody for listening. Um, head on over to iTunes, and if you'd be so kind as to leave us an iTunes review, that would be awesome. And uh, spread the word on the podcast. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. I think we'll have some cool stuff and some cool announcements planned for when the season is over and what we plan on doing moving forward with this show. Uh, so definitely stay tuned to that. And uh, like I said, hit the Facebook group, hit the webpage, Shield Podcast at hhwlod.com if you want to send an email. Uh, like Thomas did, or 
Um, again, like I said, the Facebook page, if you want to be like uh, Philip and uh, send us a message over there. So we'll see you back in two weeks. All right. Russ, pleasure as always. Thank you very much. No problem.